Podcast that leads a woman willingly around the highways and byways of Monty Python. Willingly? <laughs> Let me finish the introduction at least. I'm Christopher and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. Of course, willingly. Uh, am I? Uh, is this our final episode in that case? No, I suppose you always give me a choice. True. So, um, yes, currently willing. <laughs> a currently willing woman around the highways and byways of Monty Python. We've yet to get to the byways, really, uh, and she's already starting to suggest she might not be willing. But we'll see how we go. Um, tonight we have been watching the episode Scott of the Antarctic. What did you think, Fiona? Well, we had half the episode before we got to the credits. What's all that about? No, oh, does that distress you? I was confused it was unnecessary especially as there was two whole different bits before the credits it wasn't just one big long scene um but we'll start at the beginning shall we i think the confusion was part of the point i didn't like it okay okay let's start at the beginning then with the uh nouvelle vague film so when the woman was sitting in the rubbish dump holding a cabbage yes i thought she was just going to be an unusual it's start, uh-huh. which I think I would have enjoyed. Mm-hmm. However, I didn't enjoy the, what did you call it? Nouvelle Vague parody. Yes, and I know there are, it, probably a good parody of it, but I don't like the N- Nouvelle Vague either. But but that would be the point though, wouldn't it? You would like the fact they were extracting the Michael from mm, French yeah, films so. that are very, very serious, but also... Very, very uh, ridiculous yes. and uh, non-sequiturious. Mm. I, I, though I did quite enjoy Idle as the presenter explaining what the hell was going on. Yes. And he did that thing which I haven't seen for, for many a decade, when a presenter is talking and then pointing his head in four different ways to try and give you some pronunciation of what he's saying. Yeah, it kind of suggested to me that... that it takes you back to the days when people were employed because of their knowledge rather than because they are good presenters. Mm. Mm. And opinion. Who's, who can do the satire now, eh? I know. Though we also got Terry Jones as some kind of sex symbol, which is a bit novel. <laughs> I thought he looked quite good as a sort of... I wasn't so, but this, he did he look like he looked sexy. Especially so, I like his sunglasses. Well, you would, because they're Who's very Who's the sexiest sexy. python? Have we done that before? No, we haven't done that before. Who's the sexiest python? At this point, except given that, well, two of them are dead and the rest of them are all in their 70s at least. Um, but at this point, who's the sexiest python? I might, might say Terry, Terry Jones anyway. Terry Jones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who do you think's the sexiest python? <laughs> um, who would you think that most women would think? There's a sexy? certain earthy, sexy appeal to Terry Jones. Mm-hmm. But I would have thought I would bet you Michael Palin had his followers. Yeah, no, he's he's quite cute. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I never liked the cute. Ah, you like a bit of danger, like me. You like a yeah. bit of danger. 
<laughs> Don't take you as a typical of what I like. Oh, but I, I would say, though, I think this is another, another, another great uh, audio conversation. I would say that Terry Jones is probably the Python I look most like. Wouldn't you say? No? <laughs> so I'm just screwing up my I'm, face. I, don't, I, don't, I, would, I would say I don't obviously look like any of them. But yeah, they've all got too much hair, darling. Well, yeah, apart from obviously that, but apart from that, anyway. No, I'm also trying to, I'm trying to wonder if Terry Jones, I think I have seen him with the wonderful sideburns that you're supporting at the moment. Oh, well, they all had that in them days. Yeah, and I'd say maybe you are the most likely. Don't that. tie it down to a time, remember this? People could be listening to this far in the future when we're dead. It's a timeless. Hello, in the future when we're dead. Timey-wimey, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that French New Wave film... Um, I, I was very interested in the audience's reactions in that the, uh, the laughter or any kind of reaction immediately stopped when there was real film of oh, bombs yeah, and war and violence. But so, they loved any sort of mock violence that they'd just made uh, up. Well, the Pythons were very good at the just hitting people unnecessarily or stabbing them or whatever, but mm-hmm. in a jokey way they'd like turn to camera and give you a smile and all that kind of thing. And it was funny. It was funny. I think they did that well. I also thought there was actually a very, a very sharp pointed uh, comment, which, which was when the film critic was sort of, we'd seen the end of the um, French new wave film. And he said, and next week we'll be looking at John Wayne's latest film, buckets of blood pouring out of people's heads. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, yeah, that's acceptable. We like that in a film. We don't like a film that's trying to tell us something. We just want to see big buckets of blood pouring out of people's heads. That's what's popular. Do you know what I think? Are you reading a into that? Oh, I, I don't think so. These are clever guys, you know. I think that was exactly the point they were trying to uh, trying to make. But this was all very full of bombing and war and violence. How's that different? But it would, but it was uh, reality wasn't exciting. But buckets of you know these films are not widely popular when they're when you know when they're trying to make points films where they're trying to make points about how awful but why why, is why would you popular. say he's trying to move into something more popular next week because it's got John Wayne in it okay I don't get your point okay I get my point and I think the listeners do too well you know write in and uh, tell me what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Okay, so then it moved on to the location report on the Scott of the Antarctic film. This was a bit silly, mm-hmm. but I did quite like the individual characters that were being played by the Pythons. Okay. But please, being the Scottish drunk director, mm-hmm. it was a bit offensive. To Scottish drunk directors? Well, to... It's a bit stereotypical the Scott kind of thing. Ah, okay. But then I was looking at the American producer that Eric mm-hmm. Idle was playing. Didn't really pave them in a great light either. No, did not. And then at one point, uh, it was described as three people and a woman. Yes. As if a woman's not a person. <laughs> I think that, I think that was perhaps meant to be making making fun of the way these things are said rather than. Being a serious point, that no, no, person, I know, but, but yeah, 
Did you notice that Eric Idle, the producer, was wearing the same sunglasses that Terry Jones you had just, been wearing? You just noticed that because you like them. I so like much. the sunglasses, yeah. Because yeah. it's 70s and you love everything 70s. It was very 70s. Um, I also thought Palin did very well as the actor playing Scott, yes. having to walk about on those big boxes. As yes. did Carol Cleveland, actually. Yeah. She had to walk about on them for quite. In fact, up to that point, I would have thought Carol Cleveland probably had more lines than anybody else mm. in this episode. Um, she was very good at it, though. Although, did you notice what her, the actress's name was? Vanilla Whore. Just blankly saying it. Yeah, well, not even subtly, like Not even subtly, no. No. Um, as I understand it, the film, well, the whole film parody thing, making of parody thing, was a Cleese and Chapman sketch because they had been involved in a couple of films. All right. Um, the Rise and Rise of Michael Rimmer and um, The Magic Christian, uh, both of which I think were directed, certainly The Magic Christian was directed by a Scottish director called John McGrath. All right. And I think this was supposed to be uh, him. Right. Uh, but I do think it, it kind of went on. Like, he was not a well-known, he wasn't like a household mm. name. Um, so I, I was, was it a bit indulgent? Was like, yeah, I think it was pretty indulgent of them yeah. uh, to go off on this uh, for as long as they did. There were some, I, I did like the once they got onto the Scott of the Sahara, the yes. electric penguin. Um, and fighting the lion that suddenly became a man in a lion's costume. Yeah, it was a really good cut. Yeah. So you didn't realise that they'd swapped out the stuffed well, you lion. you didn't realise it. Well, not immediately. Because the lion started, we were like, oh, the lion moved. Because it's obviously a big stuffed lion. Yeah. Uh, and then it was I did like street. how uh, Palin carried on smoking his cigar whilst fighting the lion. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then the whole thing was kind of um, slightly uh, awkwardly undone by a sort of gratuitous striptease by I know. Uh, Carol Cleveland's character, which brought us to the, and now for something completely different, and the It's Man, mm-hmm. and the titles. And lots so, of feet. Were you more comfortable once the titles started? It's like, right, I'm watching the programme now. No, I thought they were just going to end it there in some kind of bizarre, that's, we're going to end the show with the titles. Oh. I'm, I'm sure they'll do it at some point. <laughs> I see you're looking forward to it as well. Well, I'm kind of prepared for anything now that mm-hmm. they've done crazy stuff. We then had a lot of feet. things being squashed mm-hmm. by feet, uh, which led us into Conrad Poos and his dancing teeth. Which you found funny. Yeah, mainly, part of what I found funny was I knew you weren't going to try <laughs> Right, okay. And I didn't. You knew, no. you know me well. Notable, though, for the fact that Conrad Poos was a photograph of Terry Gilliam. Probably the most we've oh, seen right. Terry Gilliam uh, in all this time. Well, you know what he looks like. So what did you do? So did you not enjoy Conrad Poos and his dancing teeth? I wasn't, I was a bit, it went on a, a while when he was just opening and closing his mouth a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite expecting his teeth to independently move like they did. Mm-hmm. So there's, I suppose, a little bit of unexpected humour there. But then, yeah, it, 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 it wasn't funny. Okay. Uh, and that moved into the fish licence. No, there was a letter being delivered backwards. Oh, yes, but eventually you got to the fish yes. license. What do you think of the animation? Let's talk about the animation for a bit. What do you think of the animation at this point? Um, Enjoying it? Bit of a waste of time? I didn't like the feet. That was the same point made, being made over and over again. Uh-huh. But I know I quite enjoyed the letter being delivered backwards a bit. And it reminded me of that time we went to the Postal Museum and they had those shoots that you could put a, a letter through. Yes. That was quite fun. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, 
But yeah, the, I, and there's a bit of, I know Terry Gilliam is very much like the magical mystery tour type animation or Yellow Submarine or whatever, mm-hmm. but it, it was nice. Nostalgic and all that. Alright. So then we have John Cleese entering the post office. As Mr. Pro, did you recognise that he was the same character who had brought back the dead parrot and who had a chat show with his mate in one of the other episodes? I, I didn't, but now you say he was the parrot guy. I kind mm-hmm. of definitely, you know, wearing the same coat and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So yes, I did. I did remind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did some very good looks to camera. I thought. I liked it when, you know, the man sitting under this license sign was trying to indicate that go to the next window, even mm-hmm. though he was meant to be dealing with the licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he did look to camera. I also thought it was good when he was, when he was arguing with Michael Palin about whether or not one needs a fish license mm-hmm. or one of the, one of the things they were arguing about, he did some sort of nods to, to indicate that this was the case. And they, they were very good as well. Yeah, he did a lot of that. And, um, though it kind of reminded me a bit of my dad when he's being a bit arrogant <laughs> or, you know, smug or something. So I didn't like that bit of it. Okay. Even when he's right, because he was right. Well, that's probably why I didn't like it, because I don't like it when my dad's right either. Oh, yeah, and especially because presumably in that situation you would be wrong. Yeah. That's when you would be up against the father. Uh, nod, nod, nod. I yes. think you'll fight. I yes. think you'll fight. Yes, think it's you'll very fight. much I think you'll fight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I quite enjoyed the surreal bit where he demanded a... Um, letter of comfort signed by the Lord Mayor that he did not require a fish license and the Lord Mayor arrived uh, and then there was a comment, a commentary uh, and Prowling seemed a bit nonplussed that this, is, this was happening and surprised this was happening yeah, no, and he asked for it to happen. I quite enjoyed him being surprised by the bizarreness of how the scene had, t- had mm-hmm. t- taken a turn so yes yeah, it was quite good. And that led to uh, Derby Council versus the All Blacks rugby match. I know. I mean, that was a, it was a nice link in sense that, you know, you were going from... And most of these, you move from one sketch to yep. the next mm-hmm. quite nicely. The flow is, the flow is very yeah, good. Yeah. Yes. Um, and obviously with the... Well, we haven't pointed out the obvious, which is the Lord Mayor was two people high. <laughs> yes. They only committed to that, though, because then the two people had to play rugby. I the know. top person was Eric Idle. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who was underneath. Or if, if it was a Terry person. Gilliam. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. role he would have, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah. But obviously, the advantage of playing rugby is he could do the line-outs and win them all. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but yes, yeah, so this... Um, I can't remember what the team was, but some... Left. Derby Council. Derby Council mm-hmm. beat the All Blacks. Um, yes. With the commentators. Who, the three in the box were being the commentators. All oh, right, yes. Uh, Michael Palin was a presenter. Graham Chapman, I think, was meant to be Cliff Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had a very poor accent that did wander away from Wales towards Pakistan on occasion. Did you notice there was, there was, he said something in terms of some of the other teams that were, that were playing? Um, which meant that which I thought, oh well, that's this one not getting shown again, or at least getting leaked out. One of the teams was the London Pooves. Oh, I didn't see. I didn't. I, I know he said a lot of names, and yeah. but I thought, oh, that's the one that we won't be seeing again. Uh, and that went into some more silly sports, particularly the um, 
And was it Leicester gynecologists again mm. versus the Long John Silver impersonators playing football? And obviously the Long John Silver guys just stood there. Yeah, so the Long John Silver doesn't just stand there. He can move about with his stick. Apparently they couldn't. Uh, I, I, when we were watching that, I was thinking there were some bits that were like, oh, that was actually quite good. There was a bit where the ball rebounded off the um, crossbar and I think Michael Palin sort of got ahead to it and got it in the, in the, in the, in the goal. Um, so that was interesting. And that was then the end. Yeah. A worthwhile half an hour of your time? I mean, it wasn't bad, I think. I think the, it's got the Antarctic thing went on a bit. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't enough different scenes. I'm used to having shorter oh, but more content, okay. you know. I'm not sure I'm liking this longer. Because uh-huh. it tends to be a longer scene of the same joke. Yeah. Whereas I'm used to having many more jokes to talk about. Of course, having longer and therefore less sketches means there's less need to think up how do we link X to Y. Yeah. I do think I do think in both the first series and now in the second series... As the series has gone on, you kind of see the, the, the sort of strain of writing 13 half hours coming through. Con- constantly. And, yeah, as you say, the stuff gets elongated, perhaps mm. beyond its natural life. I mean, we always saw a bit of filler, but, um, yeah, you used to generally have more content than that mm-hmm. overall. So what was our favourite characters? Uh, okay, well, uh, Graham Chapman, not hugely featured here. He was the reporter in the film um, segment, uh, and he was uh, Cliff Morgan. Cliff Morgan? The Welsh rugby commentator guy. And what was the other one he was? The, the reporter in the film segment when they were making Scott of the Antarctic. He was the reporter. Well, that wasn't particularly... Impressive character either. Although he was actually, there was, I would probably say his best performance was there was one bit in the French New Wave film. Oh, the violence Where cut. there was a bit of violence going on. Um, did he poke somebody in the eye with an umbrella? Oh, he was might have And then he looked at the, yeah, yeah, something like that. I think, I thought maybe that was his best performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleese was, uh, James McCresson, the Scottish film director. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Praline, trying to buy a, uh, Oh, license. I think it would have been him. Do you know, I actually think, for all that it went on a bit, I did quite like James McCretton. Great. What you can see is that John Cleese actually seemed to be enjoying playing that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we're we're seeing the beginnings of John Cleese not really enjoying being in Monty Python anymore. Oh, do you think? Is that what you're perhaps, preparing perhaps. me for? Um, uh, okay, so Eric Idle was the film critic, was the producer of the Scott of the Antarctic the films, guy, yeah. uh, uh, was the Lord Mayor. And the American guy, I think. The producer, yeah, yeah I've got to give that. Uh, Terry Jones was the sex symbol in the oh, yeah. New Wave film. Was Captain Oates in the Scott of the Antarctic, Scott of the Sahara. Actually, for all that there was a good cut in to, to change the lion, there was a very poor cut when Terry Jones was fighting the electric penguin, mm. uh, where he was taking his pants down... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you were meant to tell that he was wearing more than one pair of pants. Oh, but you but could. you could yeah, see yeah, that he yeah. was wearing another pair of pants. Um, so he was, sorry, where did we get to that? Sex symbol, Titus Oates, um, sorry, Cap Notes, uh, and, uh, was that him? That kind of was him, I think. 
Oh dear. Maybe the sex symbol in the new world. Oh, wasn't he, the, he also the guy at the cashier that went next door? No, it was just a man. It was a bald man. You're right. It was a non-Python. It was a, a non-Python. I'd say the sex symbol. Okay. And Michael Palin was Scott of the Antarctic, walking on huge boxes, kicking a stuffed lion in a funny way. Uh, the postal worker who was did most of the sketch oh, yeah. with the fish licence and was the presenter of the rugby of the sport. I would program. say it's got an Antarctic character. Okay. Uh, do we shout out Carol Cleveland for her excellent sitting on a rubbish heap and Vanilla Hoare? I think Vanilla Hoare was a better character. And also scoring the final try in the oh, yes. match against the All Blacks. Alright. Uh, okay, so um, any more? Anything more to be said? No. Well, if nothing more to be said, then all that remains to be said is with a slightly questioning in Bond's voice. Join us next time when we, perhaps, with resistance, introduce the python up the missile. I'll do it again, but warning you, if it keeps this standard, we may not be making it to the end. <gasps> but you haven't even... But, you, but there are bits of Monty Python that you have enjoyed in the past. Yes, I'm just saying. You just haven't got to them yet. Can't be a, it can't be a long lull. Ooh. Well, let's see how long um, this, this might or might not last. Uh, join us again. Well, once again, just by... Bye! Bye! Bye!